Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. I, um, what I want to share today is something that um, something that's happening in me, happening in my life. But so I, I've left the departure lounge. But I certainly haven't come to the arrival lounge, okay? So I'm on the journey. So just, just work with me. But I know that in it, um, there's something worth hearing and there's something of God in what I want to share. So if we can put the PowerPoint on, if that's okay. And uh, the, the first question, I quite like interaction, if that's all right. Um, I'm not much of a pulpiteer. I prefer to just be in it. If we're going to have a message, let's be in it together. And Okay, this is for all the hippies in the house. I want to ask this question, okay? All you need is love, okay? Love, anything else? Jesus, okay, anything else? Money? What was that? Money, yeah, okay. And all you need is patience. What, you need patience or she does? (laughs) Double portion. They just got married. Imagine what it's like for Lana and I. She needs like triple patience. All you need is, and we can say different things, can't we? We can say all you need is love. We could say all you need is Jesus. But the truth is, even Jesus didn't believe that. Even Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, when he was speaking to the people, said, look, We know that you have need of all these things. Houses, clothes, food, friendship. We know you have need of all these things. And so in what I want to share this morning, I really want you to kind of understand that it is in context. But I want to just put this... I just want to put this to you. All you need is less. And what what I'm going to share this morning is going to just build on this, this idea. Okay? And we're going to just hone in on some things and we're, we're going to just help bring some context to it. Now, I realize you probably can't read that because I put it all on one slide. Um, But who's familiar with the story of Mary and Martha? Yeah? Many of us have have probably read it. It came to pass as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and there was this, this lady called Martha and she received him into her house 
and she had a sister called Mary. And Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, I love this, this is, this is, I'm a bit of an old King James guy. I love some, some of the wording in the old. Martha was cumbered about much serving. Anyone here feel cumbered sometimes? I feel cumbered sometimes. Four kids. You know, the demands of fatherhood, the demands of business, the demands of life, etc., etc., etc. Sometimes I feel cumbered. And I'm sure that all of us do to one degree or another. And here is Martha, cumbered about much serving. And she came to him and she said, Lord! Do you not care that my sister is sat there at your feet and I'm slaving away in the kitchen? Tell her to come help. She's left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha. You can imagine the tone. She comes in, hair all, you know, bad hair day. Now sweating from doing all the stuff in the kitchen. Sweating doubly because she's absolutely mad at her sister. Martha, Martha. You are careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, and it shall not be taken from her. I love the Amplified. It says, there's need of only one or but a few things. There's need of only one or but a few things. And circumstances in our lives recently, Lana and I, kind of forced me into a corner to consider this. I felt cumbered, (laughs) inwardly and outwardly, walking around like that. And I thought, well, what's the answer to this? Is it for me to become a super Mr. Invincible? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what if Jesus wasn't requiring me to do all things? What if Jesus was saying, David, David, there's need of only one or but a few things. Chill out, man. And we live in a culture that lifts up the invincible, lifts up the Avengers, lifts up Flash, the Green Arrow, Wolverine. But let me, let me just 
just come into this secret place. You are not a superman or a superwoman. It's not required of you. You are not required to be more than you were made to be. That's a huge relief. It was a huge relief to me to be able to sit down in my office at 3.30 in the morning because it's the only time I get peace and quiet and say, God, help me. And for him to say, David, David, chill out, man. There's only one or but a few things that are necessary right now. You don't have to do it all now. And you know, the funny thing is, Mary chose the better part. But let me just put this to you as well. Sometimes that one thing isn't necessarily sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, if you're cumbered because your taxes are late, get your taxes done. Don't sit at the feet of Jesus. Stop praying. Call the accountant. You will be much less cumbered and your prayers will be much more efficient afterwards. I promise you. The one or the but, uh, but a few things can change. You know, Jesus wasn't saying, Mary has chosen the best thing and she never has to serve ever again. She never has to do the dishes ever again. She never has to clean house ever again. She never has to help you, Martha, ever again. He was saying, right now, I'm only here for a short time. She's made a good choice. Come on, sit down. I'm going to go. I really don't care. You know, just put some one-minute noodles in the microwave. I don't want a three-course dinner. Come on, just give me a pot noodle. That will do. A flapjack. An energy bar. Can of Coke. But he was talking about, he was talking about that time, that moment. And he said the one thing right now, Martha, come and sit because I'm only here for a short while. And I came to visit you. I didn't come to sample your cooking. But you know, the following day, Jesus may have said, Mary, get up. Make my dinner. I'm hungry. And sometimes we have this um, kind of weird way of taking a scripture completely out of its context and trying to just lay it generally over our whole life instead of understanding that everything takes place in a moment. Everything, see, our walk with God is not kind of one time he says something and then we live the rest of our life never hearing again. It's like, man, I hear something, I take a step. What next? What's the one thing right now? What's the one thing or the, or the few things that I need to tend to?
do right now, Lord. Because if I try and do everything right now, I'm going to be well cumbered. Cumber man. See, Jesus knew what he was about. Twelve years old in the temple, mum and dad are freaking out. I mean, he really did deserve a smack backside. I don't care what, what anyone says. Jesus, I bet he got a hiding. Wouldn't you, if you were Mary or Joseph, would you have given Jesus a hiding, mate, for running off and not telling you where he'd gone? I don't mean to be rude, but if my kids did that, son of God or not, But he said, he said, how is it that you, what, what, what's, what's up? Why are you looking for me? Don't you know I need to be about my father's business? He knew what he needed to do. He knew who he was and what he should be doing. I want to just put before you that God has things that he wants you to do. He doesn't want me to do them. He wants you to do them. And he doesn't want us all doing the same thing. The one thing for me may be very different to the one thing for you. And if you've got any doubt about what the one thing is, take some advice from Mary, go sit until you hear. And then when he says, this is the one thing right now, then do it. And uh, Jesus said in John chapter 17, in, in that uh, incredible prayer that he prayed, he said, I finished the work which you gave me to do. And sometimes we can look at this and we can think, yeah, his work was the salvation of all the universe and the salvation of mankind. But Jesus was very clear what work he was referring to here as to what he knew he was here to accomplish during his time on earth. We're not talking about the work of redemption. That's not what he's talking about here. He said, I have manifested my name to the men which you gave me out of the world. I've done that. I've completed that mission. I knew what I had to do, and I've done it. I've manifested your name, not to a multitude. How many men did, did the Father give him out of the world? How many men? Twelve men. Everything else was about this. Everything he did, everywhere he went, every miracle that took place was to train these 12 men. I believe that. Now that makes things much clearer and much more focused. I've got 12 men. The Father has commissioned me to manifest his name unto them. I've got to train up these men, and then by golly, I'm out of here. Praise the Lord. And he completed that work. And sometimes, again, we can fall into the trap of thinking we have to be and do everything. To be, you know, I, when I first got saved, I, I, I got saved out of a really hippie background. And... Uh, I finally got a job, and they said, do you want, do you want, uh, what do they call those things, pensions? Do you want a pension? And of course I said no. I said, by the time I'm 60, we'll be long gone. Why should I waste money in a pension plan? 
I'm not suggesting that that was wisdom. But the way I figured it, man, I'm saved now. This world is going to be ready to go anytime soon. Move over, Apostle Paul. And as I've grown older and wiser, but hey, look, the salvation of the entire planet is not your responsibility. Okay, let me just release you from that one. Yeah, you've got a part to play. But only one or but a few things are necessary. If you'll fulfill your one, if you'll fill your but a few, then we might just get there. But this, this chap, he honors me, I will honor. When I run, I feel his pleasure. For Eric Little, one of the one things was running. What, not praying? Not preaching? Not leading worship? Not doing the sound? Running. One of the one things for my daughter is rhythmic gymnastics. She knows her one thing, man, and I tell you, it consumes her. When I run, I feel his pleasure. That was definitely Eric Little. That was not David Martin. This is some, one thing that needs to change in my life. The last time I went to the gym, it was a long time ago because I'm embarrassed to go back. I put, I put my earphones on. I'm on one of those running machine things, yeah? Put my earphones on, and there's this great album called Wide, Wide World by, oh, what's the guy? I can't even remember the guy's name, but it's, I mean, it's like just one of those songs that just makes you just feel like a Superman. And so I, I put this song on, and I'm like, man. So I'm turning up the speed on this machine. Like, oh, man, I'm going to take the world. I'm just so awesome. <laughs> heart's going. Uh, the problem was I got so excited running that my iPod jumped out of the little thing, hit the thing. And of course, without thinking, my eyes followed it, followed the iPod, and then I followed it. And I was thrown about six, six foot, six foot. I mean, I, I, mean, I tell you, I was, I was like doing, you know, 500 kilometers an hour on this thing. Six Six foot, like right across the, and, and everyone else is in the gym, yeah? What do you do? How do you save your ego in that kind of situation? It's actually impossible, okay? You cannot. You're a twit, whether you like it or not. And there's no coming back. Of course, I got back up and just got back on the machine. (laughs) Pretended nothing happened. And everyone else there must have been British because they pretended nothing happened as well, thankfully. The only problem was when I got back home. Oh, no, that was another stupid thing I did. No. I 
Anyways, I need to get back in the gym. That was Eric Little's thing. What's your thing? What is it that you do that when you do it, you feel God's pleasure? That is definitely one of the ways that you can begin to pinpoint the one thing. This is what I'm born for. This is what I'm here for. This is what I'm called for. Preaching is one of my one things. I love to preach. But there are other things too. See, in the, in the, in the culture that we live in, some people wear business, especially here in London. They wear business like it's a badge of honor. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of this. How are you? I'm busy. Oh, busy, 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 busy. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're accomplishing much, necessarily. You've got to be busy with the right things. And that's why it's so important for us to begin to hone down and... Sometimes the more we need is less. What we need is less. We need less things pulling for our attention. We need less things demanding our money. We need less things demanding our emotional input. We need less things plaguing our brain with triviality. Because the measure of success is not the measure that the world is putting before you. It's not the measure that London is placing before you. It's not. And we can be so driven by, it's, it's that, that old saying, you know, be careful if you're climbing the ladder because when you get to the top, you might find it's leaning against the wrong wall. And that doesn't mean we should cease from ambitious plans. I have very ambitious plans for 2016 and 2015. We've still got a few months yet. Come on. And I'm seeing the fruition of some of those plans. See, one of my one things is publishing books. I've published 40 books in the last three months. Christian fiction. I'd never published fiction in my life. I can't even write. I write other books. I'm good at writing, teaching and stuff like that. But so I get, I come up with stories. I pay other people to write them for me. I publish them. And within 90 days, I've gone from zero to $9,000 this month. Just for this month. I've got another eight books ready to go. Six next week. Boom, 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 boom. But that's my one thing. That's my one thing. That's not your one thing. Don't go try do it. 
Unless it really is. And then I'll, I'll help you. Do you understand one thing? But if I didn't have a focus on what I've discovered, I'm actually quite good at this. I've actually got a bit of a clue. You know, I'm never going to run a gym. I know what is not my thing. But when you begin to discover what your thing is, don't try and be and do everything else as well. Find that one thing and give your heart, give your passion, give your focus to it, and you'll begin to see great fruit. I really believe that. This is a really interesting. When was the last time you read the book of Ecclesiastes? I really, you know, homework, if you want. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. What an incredibly insightful book that is. And in the Amplified Bible, Ecclesiastes 4.4 says, Then I saw all the painful effort in labor and all skill in work comes from man's rivalry with his neighbor. You know, let the Holy Ghost dig in and get down to some of the motives behind why you do what you do. Let him get down there in the deep affections of your heart and find out if maybe those affections are are attached to things that are dragging you back and dragging you down instead of being attached to something that's moving towards life. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed. Don't be, don't be squeezed into its mold. Don't think that, the, that the, the pressure that the world is putting upon you to look a certain way, drive a certain car, speak a certain way, whatever it may be, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's, we've all got our things that we're susceptible to. But don't be duped. You can run after those things for your entire life and come to the end of your life and think, what have I spent my life chasing? We have an opportunity now to just... David, David. You are cumbered about many things. Come sit at my feet and let me talk to you about some of the things that I have prepared for you. The way we close the door on the world, wear this. Wear this, drive this, be like this, do this, go there. Get thee hence. How about that one? There was an old prophet died and went to heaven, came back again to tell the story. He said he was standing in a queue and Jesus was up ahead. And as they went 
down the queue, Jesus would just ask one question. And the question was simply this, did you learn to love? I fall so far short in this matter. Jesus is not going to go, did you preach a really cool sermon when, when Rod was in America? Did you impress everyone? He's not going to ask that. Is it that. There are a lot of the questions and a lot of the things that we put our confidence in are not the things that Jesus is going to be asking about. You better have in a handful and been at peace. That should be tattooed on every Londoner's forehead. Like in the, it, the wrong way round, so when they look in the mirror, they can read it, just in case they think it's in tongues. It needs to be real clear. Now, I'm not saying, like I said, mate, I tell you, I'm chuffed. I'm making more money now than I've made for months and months and months and months. And I am like, yeah. And I'll double and triple and quadruple that in the, in the coming years. There's no question. But because I'm in the groove, because it's my thing, it's my thing. I'm good at this. I don't have to try. I'm like comfortable. I passed it for 15, 20 years. Man, it's like having it's like having cactus in my undies. I don't mind preaching. I like that, do you mean? But all the rest that goes along with it, ah, that just ain't comfortable. All the organizing and all that stuff. Get thee hence. No, no. Good training. Everything we go through is good training. I'm not saying right, wrong, good, bad. I, I, you know, I'm pleased and thankful for the, what I went through. But I did have to come to a place where I was courageous enough to say, man, that is not my thing. However much other people think that I'm good at it, however much other people think that that's, well, that's what you should do if you're a minister. You know, I should preach this way. I've, t- I've tried it all. You know, I, I tried when it, when it was the, that revival over in wherever it was, I tried that. Whoa! Maybe if I, maybe, maybe if I do that, man... They'll fall over, you know, or, the, or, or Toronto. I tried it. <laughs> I don't, man, I'm in, I'm in. If it's happening, I'm in. I'll give it a go. It might just work. <laughs> I tried to be a really good teacher like Rod. 
just just exposition. <laughs> Open the man. I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh no 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 no! That's not me. I like running around and doing, saying things that I regret afterwards. When the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> I've preached in a few churches that I've never been back to. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm good, man. If I can't be myself, who can I be? Who, honestly, are you going to be if you can't be yourself? you got trouble, man. If you just can't just step into what's comfortable and just be like, oh, man, this is me on the treadmill. I tell you, man, my ego has taken a bashing over the years. I really don't care anymore. <laughs> I do care, by the way. The tyranny of the urgent. How true is this? How urgent things can crowd out the important things. See, what you've been called to do is important. Your one thing, or your but a few things, are really important. Because that bit in the machinery makes the whole thing work. Each of us are gifted differently. Each of us carry different graces, but we're one body. And I tell you, man, the body of Christ is going to kick the devil's butt. In the last days. He's going to rise up like the giant Iron Man in his big suit, not the little one. Your life is full of urgent things. And the important things, just like the Holy Ghost... I'm not going to demand that you give your time to them. They require you to make a choice. And if you're a writer, write. A musician, practice. A school teacher, learn. If there's something that you know you want to do. You know, if you want to scuba dive, you're not going to scuba dive if you don't go down to the pool and learn how. Or whatever it may be, Jim. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I, it's so easy to just be so centric around our own life and our own experience. And that's one of the problems with a preacher thing. That often preachers preach from a preacher's perspective. Do you know what I'm saying, Jim? And yes, we get it, but man, 
You're 24-7. Of course you can do all of that stuff. Pray three hours a day. Read the Bible five hours a day. I've got four kids and I've got a, a, my rent is enough to make your toes curl. Yeah, so we, we, but there are things that God is asking of you, calling you to, requiring of you, dreaming over you, spoken over you. You know what they are, and yet how often do you fill all of your time and put all of your focus on energy on the urgent things that demand your attention instead of saying, how can I carve out time? How can I carve out finance or whatever it may be to accomplish and move forward in my one thing? You've got to let go of some stuff. Seriously, every one of us, whether it's internal, some, you know, bucket loads of unforgiveness, we need to just let go of that. Bitterness, let go of it. Disappointment. Anyone here ever been disappointed? I couldn't, I could fill an ocean (laughs) with my disappointments. That was just last year. No. We live in the we live in reality. We abide in perfection, but we live in reality. And do you know something? Sometimes things just do not work out the way you hope and the way you want and the way you dream and the way you desire. When I gave up pastoring, as much as I couldn't stand doing it when I was doing it, I never give up. I wept for days. I felt like such a failure that I could hardly drag myself off the floor. I had no plan B. But God sometimes allows us to go through things to bring us to the place where we finally discover, oh, wow. This is okay, actually, Jesus. I found something here. In being forced to consider a little more carefully the direction that I was going in, it brought me to that Mary place where I needed to hear what Daddy was saying. And so sometimes, you know, you've just got to let go of some stuff. You can't be everything. You can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. Just, just swallow it. Get used to it. It's all good. It's better that way. You need other people. See, the very word decision means an act of separating or cutting off. Scission, like an incision. A decision. It means to cut something off. It means a a division or a detachment of a part. Every decision you make will mean you have to let go of something. And I want to put just forward to you today, 
that there may be some decisions that need to be made in this room. I would just put it to you today that there are some people, more than a few, who are presently walking a path and going in a direction that they don't want to go in. That they're unhappy in. That they feel ill-equipped for. That they feel out of their depth in. That they know is just not their thing. Decision. 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 Make a decision. Not a stupid one. But make a series of decisions that will move the vehicle in the direction that you do want to go in. When I gave up pastoring, I had not a clue how to make money. Not a clue. Not, I mean, just like, man, help me, Jesus. I don't want a job. I tried to get some jobs in London. but I'd been pastoring for 15 years. Man, I've got like 16-year-old kids alongside me who knew 10 times as much as me and were like whiz kids. And I'm thinking, this ain't happening. And then I found a scripture in Deuteronomy that said, God has given my hand power to get wealth. And I thought, okay, I'll have that one. That, that's my one thing right now. But do you know something? I needed to make a decision to learn how. I knew some things I was good at, but I didn't know how to monetize them. I didn't know how to package them. I didn't know how to turn them into a legitimate business. So I had to learn some things. The decision was not cut everything off, put myself in a stupid, bad situation where all I've got is prayer. My decision was, let's keep open some avenues of income to the best of my ability, but in the meantime, let me learn some things that will take me where I want to go. We've got to be real wise and real practical. Yeah? Just real wise and real practical. There's one things, there's one or but a few things that are necessary, yes. You know what they are. No one else can tell you what they are. You know in your heart of heart some of the things that God has designed and desired for you. Begin to make some decisions that will move you towards that. You know, that may just be half an hour a day. That may just be an hour a day focused on toward that one thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? But as you do that, you'll get to the place like now, um, you know, I started this publishing thing several years ago and made zero for too long with it. But I knew, man, this is my thing. I had words over my life about it. I had a sense in my heart that this is something that I really want. This is something I'm really good at. But you know, it wasn't just 
Oh, I make the decision. This is my one thing. Hallelujah. Money. It was a lot of work to get to where I am now. But I'm going to reap the benefits of it. And I think you will as well. Now, I'm not saying money is not the measure, okay? There are lots of different things. It might be your prayer life. It might be your word life. It may, you may want to be a preacher. You know, whatever. Whatever. You may want to be a chef. Learn to cook. Take some classes. You may want to be a teacher. Go to university and do whatever is necessary for that. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. That word exhort, let us exhort one another, means to call near, to invite or to call for. And I want to encourage you, it says, you know, let us, let us consider one another to provoke them to good works. I want to just, you know, put these, these, these things before you now. This is, we're done. Encourage one another. Help one another. Call for and invite your brothers and sisters to live up to their divine calling. Let's not accept where we're at. Let's not just say, well, this is just the way it is. I'm stuck in this job or I'm stuck in this whatever. No way. No way, there's a way. There's a way. There's a way. Let's call it out and let's call it forth in each other. So, Lord, Lord right now, I just call forth. In fact, if it's okay, have we got time? If you want to, if you want to stand up, if something has spoken to you, maybe you want to become my gym partner. I would make any one of you look cool. No. If anything has spoken to you, you know what it is. There's been a lot that we've spoken about. Then let me just call forth and invite you to stand up and come and just line up here. And we'll pray with you this morning. And we'll just believe for divine clarity. That's really what, for for me, that was something that I saw really quite fervently is just just a fresh clarity as to what I, who I am, really, identity in some respects. You know, it wasn't what shall I do. It was, man, I'm so at rock bottom here. I'm so cumbered. Lord, I don't even know who I am in the midst of all this anymore. Help me to recognize who I am so I can do what I'm supposed to be doing. Help me to stop judging, measuring, and shaping myself by what I'm doing or what others think I should be doing and help me to understand, Lord, who I am. Help me to come and sit at your feet so you can speak to me so I'm not running after everything anymore and I can gently come and just with one hand 
full, with quietness of heart, know that I'm doing everything that you require of me. I don't have to be ever I don't have to be a pastor. Hallelujah. I don't have to be a pastor to have significance in the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I don't even have to preach. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if there's some elders can come and pray. To, you pray with us as well? Yeah, come. Let's, let's just let's believe for that clarity right now in the name of Jesus. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 